Genshin Travelers, and welcome to another episode of Tales of Tavat, a Genshin lore podcast. Last week, we discussed my best boy, Albedo. Regardless of what anyone says about him, he's still number one in my heart. This week, we'll be discussing Shenha, the cryo mommy with the biggest booty in all of Genshin. Allegedly. We just want to remind everyone to visit our website, that is talesoftivat.com, and feast your eye holes on all of the delicious content that Tiff works on very hard every week for you. If you want to see some visual representations of the lore that we're going to be talking about in this podcast, that's where you will find them. So head on over. You'll also find on our site links to our past seasons and our special episodes, artist spotlights for the community per episode, wallpapers for download, and some of our favorite Genshin merch. Finally, feel free to email us at talesofthebotpod at gmail.com to let us know what you think of this week's episode and what topics you'd like to see in the future. So Shenha, I actually, this is like the first big character I remember being like, oh, she's coming out. She was like beta released like in the beginning and was people she? were waiting. Yeah, she had like a different name and everything. Oh, yeah. I forget what the name is. I actually was talking with someone about it the other day. But I just remember being so excited because I was like, she's related to Shang Yun. Mm-hmm. Did we yeah, know and- at first that she was his auntie? You know, I don't know if it was like canon canon, but they released that like video where Shang Yun was fighting and Shen Hai like showed up and was like, you need to get your temperature down. And as he walked away, he was like, wait, your name is Shen Hai? Are you my auntie? <laughs> and they like fades to black as he says auntie. <laughs> Which remember oh, this? Oh, yeah, no, it was in her teaser trailer. Her teaser. Okay. Yeah. Were they fighting the Abyss Mages? Yeah, there it was a right. mage. Yeah. I'll track it down and put it onto our site too. I, I probably just remember Fiends telling me, and I just went, "Okay, I, I believe you." <laughs> <laughs> this is kind of how that goes. <laughs> I feel qu- like I've used the image, for, like screenshots of it, a few times and things too. Mm-hmm. Like I <laughs> love really, it. It's really cute. But did, what were your like first impressions of Shenha besides me freaking out? So I think around that time was. Oh, I think, okay. So right when I started Genshin, her story quest came out or like the the world quest associated with Shenha, um, which we'll go into. And that introduced both Shenha and Yunjin. And I remember accidentally starting it once I got into Liwei. <laughs> I hadn't even finished the Liwei Archon quest. Oh, wait, maybe I did. Either way, somehow it started and I was like, my jaw is on the floor. Who is this thickums cryo mommy? <laughs> I mean, it was a similar reaction to when I first saw Lisa and she started flirting with us. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I was like completely taken aback because I wasn't a part of the hype. I didn't know Shenha was coming out or Shenha had come out at that point. I was just trying to get to Inazuma for that Inkanomiya event for the for the cute shell catalyst that I never got. Oh, <laughs> so God. I couldn't get to Inazuma in time. <laughs> I didn't realize that was limited. I-, I totally forgot. Yeah, and I was so mad because it is really really good on Babs, especially if you put, use the um 
Oh, what's the bubble, the pearl? I can't, I can't remember the artifact set. This is horrible of me. I'm the artifact gal. The ocean-hued clam? Is that what you're yes, talking about? Yes, the ocean-hued <laughs> Of course, Clarissa. Brandon remembers the clam. The clam. <laughs> My inner oh. lesbian just jumps out sometimes. <laughs> but yeah, seeing Shenha in Oh, just taken aback. Like, one, you have silver hair. So you're like, okay, Shoshomaru. And two, <laughs> she's got big old titties and a big old booty and the hottest outfit. And she wants to kill everything. And I'm like, yes, <laughs> step on me. Let's go. Oh I thought God. it was an indicator that the game is going to possibly get darker, which we hadn't seen a lot of at that point. Saw like a little bit of that with the Dainsleaf quest when we actually encounter a dead person. <laughs> and then, you know, there was the dramatic battle for Leeway Harbor. And this is sort of the coda to that mm -hmm. with uh, Osile's wife, Baisht, at the end of Shenha's our conquest so just like how dramatic that was first of all loved that but also just her whole story is very dark and i was not expecting for someone who's basically a muzzled murderer to be a, <laughs> a playable character i mean besides child but you know hey yay <laughs> why are you saying hey it's true it's true no no it's true. he no, was going actually to one of our listen, no listen to this one of our fellow travelers actually messaged us this week on instagram and said that they think child is trying to take the fatui down from the inside and i was like yes <laughs> you know it anyway anyway this isn't the child episode but it could be we had one we you had your chance we're gonna have another your chance right now <laughs> anyway so i think like when i first saw shenha i was just like oh my god like that's a lot of boob <laughs> i think that was honestly my first impression i just really love her too i actually think her eyes are very beautiful um yeah and i remember Gorgeous. that being like i think it was probably the start of my i need to collect them all kind of phase so i was getting her regardless <laughs> or gonna try to get her regardless but i don't know i just really liked her and i loved her like design with her pants just to go back to our little fashion but i loved her like design with her pants and things like that and I just thought she was neat. She's a nice tall lady. <laughs> a tall lady. Love a tall lady. And a cryo polearm. Yeah, I also <laughs> love polearms. So that probably they also have helped. very fun <laughs> mechanics. Mm -hmm. They're also very fast. Yeah, yeah polearm charge attack, you can't get up. It's just great. So you guys were mentioning a little bit about like this darker side of Genshin and possibly like having this darker twist in the story. And I think a lot of that alludes back to Shenha's tragic family upbringing. <laughs> Tragic is an understatement. <laughs> Abuse, an also understatement. trigger warning. Trigger warning for the entirety yeah. of our community. We're going to be talking about childhood abuse in this and infanticide or attempted infanticide. Yeah. She's a badass bitch. You can't kill her. Does that no. count, though, when you're having somebody else kill her? Would assume <laughs> so. Okay, like, okay, it's still yeah. murder in the first degree. It's still <laughs> Look, if someone can hire someone to murder their either wife or husband and still get charged with first degree murder, which they should, I would constitute this as first degree murder. <laughs> As first degree attempted infanticide. Yeah, he put the hit out with a summoned demon god. Yeah. yeah. Was he a yeah. god or was he just a demon? Because I thought he just tricked the dad. I think it was the remains of a god. Yeah. Oh, Aren't all like the corrupted? gods just demons? 
I mean, the Ars Goetia would like to tell you something. (laughs) (laughs) It's demons. But yeah, so when she was five years old, her mother died. And we don't know how the mom died. I don't think they've revealed that. I think it was something like a a disease that she was weak. And one of the reasons why her father resented her was for some reason, her mother's death is in connection to Shenha. Well, this is where it gets a little unclear to me because we know that the mom died when she was five then the dad basically goes mad with grief and he disappears for a year and then he comes back after a year after learning the secret art called fate transference and that involves summoning this demonic force which is referred to as a god or the remains of a god or there's actually one place that refers to it as a seely which i thought was strange which is in her character story but then cloud retainer calls it a god so it's sort of referred to as different things but this thing that he summons that allegedly you can make a ritual sacrifice to To bring someone back from the dead. And when he goes to do that, at first he wants to sacrifice himself. And he's like, I'll give my life for you to bring my wife back. And the demon sort of shakes his head and is like, no, I want your daughter. And then tells the father that Shenha is has some kind of uh, horrible, like calamitous fate, and yeah. that the energy, you know, surrounding her, I guess, would make a better meal for it. And it actually tells the dad, or implies to the dad, that Shenha may have had something to do with her mother's death. Doesn't he say that she's born under like two different fates, the solitary star and the disastrous evil? No, no, no. That's a moon carver who does that later. But the demon still recognizes <laughs> that she has some kind of strange destiny that's very dark and that she has just a very dark energy and I guess would be a delicious snack. I mean, maybe <laughs> Meanwhile, it could the see dad's into the like, future. say less. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like, like, I'm packing her bags right now. You can have her. Do whatever you want. <laughs> Absolutely. The dad's like, all right, you had me as soon as you pointed the finger. Yeah. I'm off the hook. Let me she go is grab yours. My, let me go grab my little six-year-old for you to, you know. Gobble up. Right gobble, up. Gobble. Yeah. A little salt, a little pepper. He'll be all set. Yeah. Char a little bit. She's a bit too cold. I, there is one little thing we know about, like, possibly that's, like, telling us what happened to Shenha's mother. And there's a book called The Records of a Changing Village. And in it, there's a story about like this family who kind of lived off the beaten path in the exorcist village. And it talks about how the mother died of some like unknown illness and they had a young daughter and the dad kind of disappeared and went crazy for a little bit. And then they talk about him like hanging himself in the end. They don't really fill in a lot of the middle bits, though. So a lot of people think that must be Shenha. But that's yeah. like the closest we get to really knowing. I think... It would be correct because the fate of that missing father is the exact fate of Shenha's father, which we'll get yeah. into, and 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 why he may have killed himself. Okay, Spoiler- yeah, because he well, did end up regretting what he did. So yeah, another trigger warning: we will talk about suicide and completed suicide. Lots of triggers in this episode. There's a lot of triggers in a lot of episodes, man. Genshin is a just, giant trigger. Just you know, think of true. it as a precursor to Fontaine. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fontaine needs like the biggest the red biggest flag trigger warning, stamp. Yeah. Like, everything that will go wrong has gone wrong. As anymore. long as I can, you know, <laughs> fuck a dragon, that's fine. Oh. Not yet. <laughs> Not yet, but soon. I mean, you can definitely you can definitely enter one and have fun inside of one. So no. <laughs> anyway, 
back to Shenha and her stupid dad. <laughs> Shenha and her stupid dad. Whereas Cloud Retainer would go, Shenha. Shenha. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Brandon, you were um, telling us a little bit about Shenha's upbringing. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, you know, she's six years old. Her dad's been away running around like a loon for a year. And he comes back and uh, thinks that he can make a sacrifice to bring his wife back. So he, you know, summons this demon. He brings little six-year-old Shenha to this cave and pieces out and says some really nasty things to her. Like, you're a cursed child and at least maybe I can get my wife back uh, and then leaves while she's in the cave with this demon and her weird cursed fate mixed with her uh, disposition mixed with what we find out is this born urge to murder <laughs> question mark sort of, it all just sort of culminates into this energy around her and it helps protect her and she engages in this fight with this demon that lasts for days on end and doesn't stop until she is found by none other than our favorite bird cloud retainer wait <laughs> wait no that's not completely true yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Cloud Cloud Returner finds her, but it wasn't to save Shenha. Shenha killed the god. Not no, before no. that. No. So it's weird because they imply in one part of the lore, like I think in her story quest, they make it sound like she defeated the god's wrath or whatever on her own uh, after getting her vision. But I, what it really says is that she gets her vision during this days long fight, and the vision definitely turns the tide in the battle. But then when you're doing the Archon quest, Cloud Retainer actually says that she came, you know, she found Shen Ho while she was still engaged in this fight, and oh. that Cloud Retainer actually takes care of the monster. But then when we sort of express like, oh, so you saved her, Cloud Retainer says, well, I stepped in, but I think it was clear that she probably would have been victorious over the monster anyway, even if I hadn't. Which is insane. How old was she again? Six? Yeah, yeah six. six years old. Yeah. I can't do that now. <laughs> Is it in her story quest or one of those story quests that it's mentioned that the only weapon she had was her late mother's dagger? Mm-hmm. Her mom's exorcism yeah. dagger. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. I will say, it feels like her mom really had her back that day. I mean, she'd be dead. She'd be dead. But she didn't want what happened to her daughter to happen. <laughs> Well, you're right. And it's interesting because it's like this whole like exorcist family too, like making deals with demons. Right. And it's almost like the mom was the one who was like, no, I'm not letting my soul like come back. Like I want my daughter to live like. Right. I don't know if exorcists can do that, but I like to believe they could. Yeah, it would make sense if they have a, if they know a way to keep their spirit around after death. That's what they deal with on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To go back to the idea of fate transference reminds me a lot. And travelers, those who have watched Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood will understand. I think alchemy is going to be the t- like the the theme of this season. Like KFC and buttholes was last season. Um, <laughs> There's this idea of equivalent exchange and kind of the start of that show is these two brothers, Edward and Alphonse, trying to resurrect their mom, trying to perform equivalent exchange, which is a similar like to resurrect someone who has died, you give a soul in return type of a thing, but they fuck it up and like legit... (laughs) 
get fucked up. But that's really interesting that like this idea of fate transference or an equivalent exchange in order to bring someone back from the dead comes up because that is something that like, as we talked in the Albedo episode with the Philosopher's Stone, resurrecting the dead is one of the things the Philosopher's Stone can do. Hmm. Maybe he was gone and talked to gold. <laughs> that's that's Don't. very far-fetched, but... I hate her. <laughs> then you should hate her more if she did this. I know. Every time someone brings up a new fact about gold, I'm like, I... I hate her. It wasn't even a fact. It was speculation. It's a fact now. It's circumstantial at best. It's fact because it allows me to hate her more. Okay. (laughs) As if you needed a reason. Exactly. I always need a reason. Why not? Just give me a reason. (laughs) That was pink. That's what she said. That's what I did. (laughs) But yeah, so Shedha defeats Demon Seely God. Mm-hmm. With and the help of Cloud Retainer. And then with the help of Cloud Retainer. Cloud Retainer basically adopts her I immediately. Like, you know what? <laughs> You're a really special kid. I'm going to take you with me. And yeah. isn't the whole thing, too, that like Cloud Retainer only found Shenha because like basically she smelled the demon? Yeah, yes. she smelled the yeah. god's remains. She I hate that. Why? What does that smell like? Yeah, it's what's... a KFG. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> Some KFC. I said KFG. What the fuck is wrong with me? KFC and buttholes. <laughs> <laughs> That's, yeah, that was her radar was just going crazy with the KFC and the butthole. Mm-hmm. He thought is that what was corrupt- around. Yeah. Is that what corrupted gods smell like? Is KFC and buttholes? Mm-hmm. I think so. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised, I mean, honestly. Can I make a hot take real quick? Okay. KFC mac and cheese sucks. Yeah. Like every time I try it again, I'm just disappointed again. Yeah, I've never had a good mac and cheese from there. I've had a really good popcorn chicken, but they don't even got that anymore. They call it nuggets now. I know it's just so rude. The audacity. KFC needs chicken, Alice to back. tell them what to do. I'll come right the fuck. I will resurrect dinosaurs, and I'm deathly afraid of dinosaurs. Desired because I love dragons, but I will sick those dinosaurs. <laughs> AMC these... is taking note right now of who they'll never sponsor. <laughs> you know, that's fine because Pizza <laughs> Hut got our back, yo. They're owned by the same company. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, so then Cloud Retainer decides that she's going to adopt little Shenha, similar to how she had adopted Ganyu, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and um, yeah, they were the same, not the same age. Definitely yow, yow. not the same age. <laughs> And who else did she adopt? Well, I guess yeah. Well, those were all adepti children too, though, mm-hmm. right? Or well, somewhat adepti isn't. children. Not yeah, oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, isn't. And but, Yao Yao's more mad at Yang's adoptee, but Cloud Retainer, I think, is jealous of her. Yes, yes, you're right. Cloud uh, just I mean, she's cute. I mean, why would, wouldn't you be? I mean, you're <laughs> right. She is so cute. And Cloud Retainer was like, "Here's Yugue. I yeah. need this, not mm-hmm. Street Word Brambler." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This is going to save you. Hmm. Yeah, One so has Yanfei made something the better than the other. <laughs> <laughs> That's literally her, though. <laughs> I think one of the funniest parts, though, is when you're in Shenha's story and this relationship with Cloud Retainer, because you're getting to know, we're getting to know who Shenha is during this whole thing of this competition of finding materials to rebuild the Jade Chamber. And, you know, this mysterious girl is walking around. But every once in a while, and as we get to know her, we see like Cloud Retainer 
entertainers just like up on the corner, like kind of like looking over, like, how's my kid doing on their first day? <laughs> it's so true. It's like a stalker. Yeah. And my favorite part in the most cloud retainerish way at the very end, she basically says, like, hey, you want to see like pictures of Shenha when she was a baby? And like she's like, oh mom. But she like cloud this- retainer is so pissed. Like, you don't want me your little friend's stories about you when you were an awkward kid. I don't know gone you because it she for them oh it was both okay because i remember cloud retainer being like a chubby little gone you and i'm like chubby baby and gone you literally whips out a baseball bat like she's the freaking trailblazer and it's like, it's like what the fuck do you say mom put those pictures away it's like i will burn them and your life down she's a proud mom she is mm-hmm. but only for her daughters she's not like just a foster mom like alice like she actually adopted the children and yeah. raised them <laughs> she wasn't just collecting them yeah right. alice should learn a thing them. from mm-hmm. <laughs> alice could learn a lot from she's any too busy other cashing parent. those checks from the government mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> is she even cashing checks from the government albedo sells all of his paintings to pay for the damage she's done in monster albedo's the government albedo's you- the government <laughs> Why do you think she's fostering him? <laughs> she's like, finally, someone who could pay my bills. First of all, you have to have them on your property and with you to consider it fostering. And she's MIA. Cloud retainer fostering. is in her abode. Yeah, you know, it's really cute. In one of uh, Shenha's birthday letters, I think it was the, this past year's, she says something too. She's like, the, the first one, she's like, master wouldn't let me cook. And she's referring to like cloud retainer. And then this year she's like, master cooked me a bountiful meal in her abode. And she even invited some of the other adepti. And we had a great time. And it felt so good. And I'm like, this is literally someone writing about their mom to me right now. <laughs> like, My mom made me the best sandwich for lunch. She mom- even cut it in half. Jeez. Also, Shen has diet though. Like she only eats flowers. <laughs> oh my yeah. god! I'm gonna which is an adepti thing, correct? Like it's that's... an adepti thing, but also she's the dragon fucking warrior. Oh my god! <laughs> 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 the kung fu panda reference over my head you've never seen kung fu panda no. oh my god what brandon it have is... you seen it no oh my god we're forcing you all to watch it it is the be- it's it's a love song to to kung fu movies you two really watch is. a lot of animated movies and shows <laughs> don't you yes <laughs> I mean, my dad likes them. I feel so. like every episode, you're like, this is from that anime. This is from that Disney movie. This mm-hmm. is from that whatever. Look, if I, when I was when I, not, not when I was younger, actually, like I, only a year ago, I woke up in the middle of the night. My dad was watching a Princess Diaries marathon. We liked shit, man. I don't know. We like weird shit in this household. No, that's um, great. I'm not hating. I'm just observing. There is a reference to the dragon warrior can only survive on soft dewdrops off of teeth leaves and the wisdom of the universe (laughs) or something along those lines. I fucked that up real bad. (laughs) Damn, that dragon must be skinny as hell. Exactly. <laughs> well, apparently, like when Shen Hog goes ahead and eats all this, like she tries out all this food. She basically is like, "Hey, I'm I'm living my life, and I want to try out leeway." So she orders all this food, hardly eats it, but then goes to Boo Boo Pharmacy to buy violet grass and like um, a couple other things. And like you know, she's like, "Can I have a half pound each?" And the guy who's manning the pharmacy at the time like hands it over, and he's like, "It sounds more like you're ordering a salad." And then she just like eats it all up, and they're like uh was that good she's like no no it's not 
it's not well, good at all. <laughs> trigger warning, we are talking about eating disorders in this episode as well. Yes. But the question is, <laughs> as we, we will reference this a little later when it comes to like Cloud Retainer's upbringing of Shenha, but there she does a ritual that basically makes her an adeptal apprentice. Do you think her choosing that path kind of makes her only really want to eat that? You think similar- it turned her stomach into a bird's stomach? I mean, <laughs> I think it's just what she sees, though. She's just doing as I think, as yeah, because there wasn't anything else to eat where she was, yeah, in the yeah. abode. Didn't she have a moment where she was she talking about like I think this was the bartender event, but you give if you make Shenha a glass of I think whatever whatever it prompts you to make. She expresses how she loves the taste of the very first flower that sprouts from snow. How did she know that? How did she because know which she flower is the that. first one to sprout? Because she's living on the mountain. And watching magic. There are so many places on the mountain. So many. I mean, but if you're looking at the ching, is it Qingsha flowers? Oh, the white flowers? Yeah, Qing, yeah. Qing, Qingsen or something? Qingsen flower. Yeah, what? whatever the name is that flower i think that's what she references because at the at the top of like the mountain where cloud retainers abode is what did i say adobe (laughs) (laughs) not correct but those flowers sprout pretty much at the very top so that would make sense yeah you don't think it's a sweet flower from what she said it was bitter (laughs) it's fucking mint let's be honest (laughs) Mint that grows everywhere. It's not a sweet flower. <laughs> I found mint on top of dragon spine. <laughs> hey, look at this. We I've got mint fontaine too. Mint. <laughs> we found some mint under the water. Fucking mint. I'm sorry. That's just <laughs> so stupid. You know, you were mentioning too something about like Shenha, like getting the tea or whatever, or getting the flowers to eat or whatever. Mm-hmm. Doesn't at the end of like her quest where we're like rebuilding the jade chamber, doesn't she like fight a guy because he's like mad at what she's like doing or something? Like, it, I feel like it also had to do with the drink. And everyone's like, no, calm down, Shenha. We're not going to fight him today. I think it was, was this when she was going to try something from One Min Restaurant? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> It's been a hot minute. She was ready to fight that guy. She was. Yeah, she was. She was like, she was just I'm like, gonna hmm. kill you. It's like, you're mad that I don't like what you like? I'm gonna kill you. Yeah, she goes around and like even in the beginning when we first when we first see Shenha in the in that world quest or story quest, she's being like bothered by these like these couple guys who are just like, give us all your money. But they're like trying to get her to like buy something from them, like ask her for help so this way they can get her money. So they're not they're not very good thieves. But she's like, I don't have any money. And they're like, well, yes, you do. You we've we've watched you. You go to every restaurant and order all this food and only eat a bite so someone who's that like wasteful has to have a lot of money mm-hmm. nah she just she why you watch allowance me from cloud retainer yeah <laughs> she's like my mommy gave me ten dollars today cloud retainer <laughs> just going to the what is the place called the golden house and just stealing right just like you know what morgs you know owes me mm-hmm. i'm gonna just take a handful <laughs> yeah a and throw it yeah a wingful just a wingspan speaking of homicidal tendencies i have a problem with you so i'm gonna kill you (laughs) like you know back when she got adopted by cloud retainer the adepti quickly realized that she was born with an urge 
to murder people and just has this weird malevolent energy. And at first, I know there was one point where we were all kind of like, wait, was she evil? Or was that just something that everyone assumed because of the storyline? But it is actually confirmed by Cloud Retainer that she was born with bloodlust and homicidal urges. And she was able to sort of pick up on that just by reading her vibe as a six-year-old, which I thought was really dark because to me, that's just like screaming like future serial killer, you know, like when- Bathe in his blood, indeed. You know how Cloud Retainer is able to read that she has this bloodlust and this homicidal urge. And this is sort of further backed up by Moon Carver, who does a reading, sort of like, you know, I, I like to pretend it's like a tarot reading, even though that's <laughs> probably not what it is. He reads her fate and discovers that she is marked by these two different readings or these two different fate descriptions. I don't know what exactly they are or how they're doing it. So there are two fates that uh, Moon Carver kind of denotes from Shenha. One is called Solitary Star, which kind of infers like a, a solitary existence, like no connections to anyone, including family or friends. And then the second fate he discerns is the disastrous evil, which is like a fate of hardship and peril. So it's kind of a shit, shit, <laughs> shit situation where you're gonna be alone aka Shenha is going to be alone and have a hard life and constantly be in peril, which is kind of interesting because Moon Carver does say, if you want to take it away. Yeah. So Moon Carver actually says that her fate is to bear the curse of calamity, consumed by malevolent energy, and that she's actually prone to harm other people. So because she's actually this dangerous, Moon Carver is like, well, we got to do something about this. And they wrap, he, Moon Carver, like, I assume, like, does a little spell on it too, but wraps like these red ropes around her, which is what we still see her wearing today. But because those red ropes are holding back all of her homicidal instincts, it's actually making her like, emotionless so it's kind of like she's getting like a side effect of it that's just kind of making her like whatever i don't care <laughs> but it's working so yay for that so and just to, like, to go back to yeah it's like an antidepressant but well, just even to even bring that. it back to when b was saying like we all thought like you know is this actually real i think that actually goes back to the first season when i started a very bad rumor <laughs> that <laughs> she <laughs> that the robes mean nothing and didn't actually do anything and she wasn't really like it wasn't whole holding anything back, which was my crazy little world that I lived in. It was totally wrong. But because she has a dream in her one of her trailers, she's dreaming about the, of herself basically like crying in a corner. And she wakes up and Cloud Retainer's like, oh, another nightmare. Make sure you keep your ropes on. And she's just mm. sitting here like looking at them. And it's like, well, if she take her ropes off to go to sleep, and she's only dreaming about herself as a child. Is it actually doing anything? But right. yeah, that, that was all. This is all a lie. It's all If that Sorry person where you're like, <laughs> Like, don't let the person in a horror movie they're like don't let the person out of the room don't let the person out of the room and tip's like oh but they're being so nice about it they said they just want to use the bathroom they just said they're gonna come back and they said they'll be right back i'm gonna just let them out then everyone's like <laughs> Also regarding the ropes, doesn't it the point where when we're with Shenha and she meets what's the uncle's name again? Uh Bing Jun. Yeah. Bing Jun. When she meets that and, and he asks her, like, are aren't you angry? 
about what your father did to you and she's like i feel nothing yeah <laughs> i feel right. literally nothing yeah this is during the art conquest which is you know many many years later and she's going back to the village again and at this point her father's already dead yeah Yeah. the village is in ruins basically and Mm -hmm. everyone's gone and the uncle is like a is actually like a a best friend of the father and he feels very badly and has his whole life that he wasn't able to stand up to her father and stop him from feeding her to a demon yeah Um, where was the whole fucking exorcist village when all this was happening what apparently the f- just watching well I, I, he probably just knew because he was the best friend but i would like to think the rest of the village didn't know because yeah. oh, he took you know, her like, up into the mountains yeah. right you're right i'm getting confused because there's another side of this story that's a, a legend that yunjin tells us that is a part of the opera that her father wrote so yeah. during this whole quest line that's also going on that's because it's also when we meet her and she's telling us about the opera which is the divine damsel in devastation and basically it's Shen it's Shenha's story but there are some things that are a little bit different so like it starts off with like they were a loving couple that lived together in this prosperous village and the wife was actually captured by the monster and the monster said like I'm gonna kill all of you unless you give me a child so the little girl volunteered and you know had her little exorcist blade and was like I'm gonna take care of him and goes up to like go fight like this is in front of the whole village so they've seen the whole thing so and then because like she fought this monster and won the adeptis were like taken aback by her and poof she was taken out of the mortal world never to come back yeah. so that's the the pretty side <laughs> how folklore changes everything <laughs> I love, too, that Yunjin, as she's sort of describing the Divine Damsel of Devastation, and then she's traveling with us and Shenha, and she starts putting the pieces together that yeah. of what really happened and figuring out that Shenha is the Divine Damsel. And she's kind of like, oh, damn, that's a lot darker than we thought. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, she kind of, and she's like, I got to change this. I got to change this opera. This isn't yeah. right. <laughs> her father wrote it too it makes me wonder like how her dad knew all that like well she makes it sound like it's like a legend that had been passed down in their like village which couldn't have been passed down for very long but still Mm -hmm. well i mean i guess that we don't know how old shen is so they all died after well it's very confusing because like the village is like quote-unquote in shambles right but at the same time like shang yun has a voice line about shenha where he says that all of the village elders were like so excited to welcome shenha back and they got her a bunch of gifts and stuff and then they couldn't find her but like there must be like a new version of the village somewhere if the village elders are still around like with gifts yeah i feel like the village where she was given to a demonic monster perhaps had some bad luck associated to it well do you think that because in the rec the changing records of the village book or whatever the records of a changing village book it says that like they lived on like the far side of the mountain too so maybe while they were in the exorcist like clan they kind of lived off the beaten path so maybe like their little baby area of the village was destroyed and the rest of the village is still around it's kind of confusing Hmm. yeah that is confusing there's like a few logistical questions that come into play once you get past like the sad depressing yet inspirational story or maybe they just relocated yeah, all together. But yeah. I just love that these ropes are like her, you know, psychopath, like serial killer muzzle. <laughs> 
and <laughs> it, it's sort of like she's like running around to that like Dexter up in here <laughs> like just you know like Cloud Retainer is like the ghost of Dexter's dad <laughs> keeping her from, from murdering innocent people, basically. <laughs> but I would love it if, you know, she was facing a big bat and, and Cloud Retainer was like, you know what we need and just took the ropes off yeah. and like <laughs> nudged her forward. Go get it. That's the end, end battle of the, yeah. of the game. There's a part in this quest where, you know, after the Jade Chamber is rebuilt and kind of brought up to the sky, Beisht comes back for like, I guess, to kind of revenge on her her husband. So like there's this big battle in this fight and we have to go down in the water. Like Shen Hud jumps into a whirlpool and we follow her and we're fighting and stuff and she comes back up and there starts to be this like ginormous tsunami and stuff and she like has this moment where she freezes it it's it's really nice like most of Genshin's cutscenes they're just really cinematic and very beautiful and like she does this whole thing and I was waiting it's like this is the perfect moment take off the ropes kill the (laughs) the monster in the sea that's trying to kill us like you just take them off just do it get rid of it why not but no no which makes you wonder like how power if she can freeze a tsunami (laughs) with the flick of her wrist yeah you know what could she do if she took the ropes off? Yeah. I also love it that this is like a recurring thing where we keep seeing characters do way more powerful things in like cutscenes or in the manga, for example, than oh they God, do Kaya's in the game. It's like plate of ice that's like three feet thick that's avoiding yeah. D Luke's like fire chains. Even the same cutscene where Shenha freezes the tsunami right before that, Ningguang is like also fighting and is you know from the jade chamber and she like summons all of these geo bolts that like cover like the whole sky basically yeah <laughs> why doesn't she actually have the, i mean god damn it it's like they all have the these uh super powered attacks that are not unlocked yet <laughs> like where is our ultimate ultimate no no ultimate ultimates for us they can't trust us with that power yeah, no, give, give it to that, give it to us because we're at level 90. We're not at an even number. This is bullshit. I want a final ascension. That, uh, yeah, give us a level 100 perk. Yes, but you know, blow up early, all of Tavant. Yes, earlier you guys were talking about like her becoming like being blessed with like the adeptal powers and everything like that. Isn't that like when her hair changes color too? She originally had black hair, not like the white hair. Isn't that when they like comb her hair with like the yes. special adeptus so, comb? So point, I think while Shenha is in care of her of her mom, Cloud Retainer, Cloud Retainer offers her this jade comb and said, if you brush your hair thrice, you will commit yourself to like the path of adeptal apprenticeship. And she says basically like if you want to cut ties with the mortal world brush your hair thrice and so each pass turns her hair silver slash white and the first pass is supposed to like basically like uproot the anxieties of of your human form and the second pass is forsake joy and sorrow and then the final pass is the determination to walk the path of adeptal apprenticeship to practice the arts of the adepti and this is one of the reasons why she doesn't age the same way as other humans do because she's technically human but she's an adeptal apprentice now 
And her hair, being that it's silver, shows that she's taken that path. Which is so funny because I feel like initially when I look at Shenha, I'm like, oh, she has like silver blue hair like Shang Yun. And then I find out she actually had black hair the whole time. I'm like, wait a second. What? <laughs> that was how you were pulling the whole family together and then Literally. it's been shattered. And it's, it's interesting too because like, you know, Shang Yun seems to have like a high regard for Shenha and he openly admits that like he'd like to get to know her better, but she's hard to get a hold of. And But Shenha, on the other hand, wants like nothing to do with her family except for Shang Yun. She's like worried about him and she's like, I'll hang out with him, but no one else. No elders. Is that in a voice line or? Yes, that's her about Shang Yun. Oh, OK. She's very much like, yeah. Uh, I have a lot of intrigue about this boy, but I'm not going to <laughs> meet up with everyone else. Like, F them, basically. He said, it's yeah. so hard for me to believe I have living relatives in the world. Uh, if he has any difficulties with his training, I'm more than willing to enlighten him and help him. However, he'll need to meet me alone in the mountains. The family is way too sociable. <laughs> <laughs> she's almost starts to get this... Well, I don't think she's, like, you know, booming with emotions now, but as, like, she kind of learns that she's able to have some emotions, like, she even, like, calls us her friend and is says she wants to stay in Leeway because she likes the people and, like, she's kind of getting past that, like, hard exterior of I don't like anything, which was partly because of her ropes, but probably also, I mean, Cloud Retainer is not the most mushiest of people either. So it's not like right. she was like doting on her, like, like she wasn't doting on her, like she was doting on Yow Yow, you know, so she didn't, could be that nature versus nurture type of deal as well. Right. It's very cute when Cloud Retainer is stalking us while we're hanging out with Shenha and <laughs> yeah. just, she keeps saying, you know, take care of Shenha, she's special. And, you know, also I think just making sure Shenha is socializing okay because she knows that even though to a degree her humanity has been sort of numbed that she is still a human and even when she does the magic to freeze the tsunami she has like a flashback of cloud retainer telling her you know once you reach a point where you can use your powers for the good of humanity that's going to be your time to sort of return to humanity and to basically hanging out with humans so i think it's sort of it really is sort of like one of you said uh her first day at school where she's pushing her out the door a little bit so i i, I definitely think her introduction is a very like transitional period in her life so i hope they give her more storyline i feel like there's just an endless flood of characters and we never get to follow up with some of the old characters but i yeah. hope that i hope she gets a follow-up where we continue to see her socializing more and sort of becoming more human although it's sort of tricky because if she was born a psychopath which is sort of to me what they're describing with her character mm -hmm. then you don't ever want her to really <laughs> you don't ever really want those ropes to come off and it's like yeah. how happy is she really going to be but you don't want to give this ted bundy superpowers <laughs> without yeah. a muzzle right exactly um also just an interesting little tidbit too like about mama cloud retainer in this situation she like basically gave shenha an outfit that if you look at her from behind she looks like cloud retainer like, i don't know if you guys have ever like look looked at it oh. but it, her like little like tassel thing that hangs and like covers her butt a little bit kind of looks like a tail and both of her arms also have like a like bigger 
sleeves that fall off in the back that look like they could be wings. Maybe you know? it's one of her old oh, that's outfits. Awesome. I didn't oh, think from of like that. when she was human. Yeah, she's like, oh, mm. do you want to look just like mommy did? <laughs> Wait, so I is just... Cloud Retainer a pageant mom too? Probably, but she she's doing it out of love. But also, I've just been too memorized by memorized, mesmerized by Shenha's glorious bootyus to see that. But now that you point it out, holy shit. Crazy to think about. You know, Cloud Retainer is not a pageant mom. You know what she is? She's a mini me mom. She wants little mini-me's, and that's why she's so pissed that Yao Yao is under the care of Streamer Rambler. And looks nothing like <laughs> either of them. Yao exactly. Yao is living her best individ- individual, independent life. Exactly. And speaking of Yao Yao, <laughs> Yao Yao likes Shenha. Like, she says that she really wants to help Shenha assimilate to, like, the human world and to Leeway Harbor, but she's really not sure how. And she suggests that that's kind of, like, Ganyu's job is to help Shenha assimilate. And Yao Yao's like, I want to ask like Ganyu if I can help her, but I don't know how to ask her because Ganyu is sleep deprived and stressed. <laughs> Ganyu's also <laughs> the big sister of this of the situation. Yeah, I love it that Ganyu is like, oh yeah, I've heard that when Shenha gets really angry, she just destroys everything around her. Maybe she's just bored. Do you think that I could maybe give her some work to do <laughs> to keep her busy? She's trying to pass off her chores. <laughs> yeah, she has too much work. She's like, if you have that kind of time where you're going to throw a fit <laughs> when you get, you know, when you feel any emotions, then you just don't have enough to do. <laughs> oh my god. Damn, I don't have enough to do, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Which... You know, while we're on the topic of, like, other characters and what they have to say about Shenha, there are a few other characters outside of, like, the Cloud Retainer Disciples and Shang Yun that have things to say about Shenha. Like, Hu Tao thinks that she's gorgeous and basically wants to know her skincare routine. <laughs> <laughs> like, she's like, I want to know what she does to look this beautiful. How do I look like that? Like, she almost, like, looks up to her beauty. Only which is- eating violet grass. Right? But also, isn't that, like, such, like, a weird thing for Hu Tao? It feels almost out of character. She wasn't, like, wishing for her death so she could bury her. She's like, well, if I give her a She can't die. You don't think she can die? I don't don't think she can. Or at least it would take a very fucking hard motherfucker to kill this bitch. But she's human still. Like, we gotta remember that. But she's on the adeptal path. She picked up a man! She what? Remember to fucking she picks up the prostrate that they're looking for for the jade chamber, and they're like, "Wow, this is really heavy. What are we gonna do?" And she's just like, "I got it." And like the traveler and Paimon are like, "You're gonna be able to carry this shit by yourself." Like they're shook, and she's just like one arm pull, like carrying it over, walking over to leeway. That's because she she's has very a strong. ghost helping her. What ghost? <laughs> the ghost what? from her burst. Oh. So it's, there's just like little mini ghost Shenhas. Yeah. Oh, they worked it out. Yeah. It's actually Casper. She's calling on the exorcists. Jesus Which Christ. Which is also, I gotta say, it's also very interesting about Shenha because like she apparently never had any exorcist training, right? Like she's like, I never had exorcist training. I'm an adeptal trainer, blah, 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 blah. But then mm. her one idol animation is like, very similar to Shang Yun's, which is supposed to be like his exorcist magical power things working its way out. So there's a lot of questions too about like 
do you think that the exorcists are using almost an adeptal magic to do the exorcisms and like suggesting that Shenha's burst is similar because the exorcist power is pulled from the adeptal powers like you don't know, does that make well, sense i would think it could mm-hmm. be the kind of the other way like if you're born an exorcist then it's in you whether or not you trained and learned it mm. either way so i would imagine that her that coming out is more of i might not be able to use this all the way or i've never officially learned how to but it's here so i'm going to use it i would think that it would be more of that side than that the rest of the exorcists are somehow but maybe they're the Maybe the exorcists have a little bit of adeptus blood in their lineage. Or maybe exorcism is part of like just a part of the adeptal art. And maybe that's why Cloud Retainer in like the adept I looked at Shenhan was like, yo, she's got the conditioning and like, you know, the know-how to start practicing the adeptal arts. I do feel like they have to be related in some way. And my only reason for that is because like, First off, and I'm sorry, I know I'm referencing a lot of Shang Yun, but Shang Yun calls Shenha like an adept exorcist. So, like, is she he's saying that like it's she has adeptal exorcist powers or that she's just good at it? I don't know. And I mean, I thought adept was just like above a novice, but not but below an expert. I like, mean, but that you're... sounds better than Shang Yun. He can't even exercise a demon. They don't come near him. Yeah, because they're afraid of his yang energy if he doesn't got a fucking popsicle. But that's my other question, is don't you think Shang Yun's whole yang energy thing is kind of similar to Shenha's homicidal rage? Like, Whoa. they've never said that he would do something dangerous, <laughs> but he's also never been that... given the opportunity to. Uh, <laughs> I, I that's so what I'm overheating and her murdering an entire bus. village. known to like he like destroyed the wanmin restaurant one day and like he had to apologize and come work off the damages he did at the restaurant but did he murder everybody who was there well i'm not saying it's the exact same and and that's why shenha is like very special i bet shenha wishes she could have a popsicle instead of ropes bound to her soul well, that's, but that's what I'm saying, though, is, like, it's similar. I'm not saying it's the same. But do you think, I mean, look at her father. Her father Me and Brandon was, are going to find every way to show you how this is well, not It just thing. seems like exorcists have, the like, this way of going, like, way too nuclear. Even look at her father. Like, do you yeah. think that's, like, a trait amongst the exorcists and Shenha just got, like, the really shitty end of that stick? I so mean, is everybody, if you're born in, like, it's not like, you know, like, Shang Yun's an exorcist, his parents are, and as everybody is, like, it's a family trait, like, you don't, yes. you're born right into it. Yeah, it's a village of exorcists. <laughs> how <laughs> how many things do they need to exercise? I don't, I mean, have you seen that one fucking place? It's covered in ghosts. But it's one tiny little place that we've never seen. Well, the they should go to Itazuma. Is, Get them over to Surumi Island. Get them there to Inkanomiya. <laughs> Jing Shou should have brought Shang Yun during the Iridori Festival, but he didn't bring his boyfriend because <laughs> his dad didn't even know he was going. So there's a lot that goes into it. <laughs> well, it's also, we could say that in order to practice the art of exorcism in, in Genshin, Perhaps they need something to off-put 
malevolent energy that they come in contact with. And maybe this is kind of the unfortunate side of that. So maybe yeah, the it can kids be have very fucked up. Yeah. Because it's not of their true intention. I mean, I don't think like Shang Yun, and I don't even think Shenha like want to kill and or combust, but this is just something that kind of happens and it is just these two exorcists. So there might be something to be said about it being tied, whether it be blood or perhaps it's through just the art of exorcism itself. I mean, yeah. it does make sense because if you think about what they're doing as an, as exorcists, it is a little bit similar. And I can see how you're drawing in adeptal powers into it because it is a little bit similar to Zhao, um, that whole crew who are adepti, right? And they are basically going after something similar to what Shenha fought, which are the remnants of dead gods that are malevolent and, you know, cleansing them from to that. And that comes at a big price uh, that, you know, ultimately drives a lot of them mad. So I think there is a fair connection there. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Okay, okay, so we've been talking a lot about her fate and I'm going to make another fucking animated movie reference, but I think she's changing her fate. No one's going to get that. Anyway. Um, it sounded like you were like going to say um, like the Forrest Gump line about um, the captain guy. Oh, Lieutenant Dan? Yeah, Lieutenant Dan. You got legs. No, wait. <laughs> he got no legs, Al. No, at the end of the movie, he gets legs. Yeah, he does. Uh, it's Lieutenant Dan. You have legs now. No. <laughs> I was going to say, like, what would you do if you could change your fate? I can't even do a Scottish accent at the moment. I'm, I'm. Oh, brave. Brave. Yes, Ten thank points. you. Yes. Yay. So her fate was like, you know, to be told, like, you're going to be, you know, solitary. You're going to be evil. You're going to do all that. It's basically a villain's origin story. Yet in the bartending event, the cutest little event, she comes all the way from Leeway to have a drink at Angel Share. And when we ask her why, she says, well, because we're friends. And that just broke my fucking heart. <laughs> she's never had, I mean, she's had a great mom, but she's never had friends. She's never like been able to yeah. be with people. And this is kind of her suddenly being with people. Like, yes, you, 
now that you're using your your evil homo murder hobo powers for good and for the good of humanity your fate this idea of you being solitary and evil and 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 having these you know curse of calamity upon you is kind of melting away with the fact that she's just being around people again is hey, did you say murder homo powers <laughs> murder hobo murder hobo, hobo. oh my god the dnd thing murder oh. hobo i was like damn she lives in she lives with cloud retainer she's not homeless <laughs> Like, why are you calling her a hobo? <laughs> it's it's just what you call people who play D&D and kill everything in sight, regardless of what your DM will tell you. I'm not mad, <laughs> Eric. Oh, no. I'm calling the fuckers out when I see it. We're sorry for your call out. <laughs> Don't I, fucking kill my NPCs. There was also one other kind of interesting fact I thought I found about Shenha, and it was actually about the Calamity Queller, which is Shenha's like signature weapon. It's gorgeous. It's a blue whole arm matches her fit very well. I have two. Al. <laughs> <laughs> Al stole mine. Anyway, I think I got like Yalons that time instead, maybe. Which is still fucking amazing. That's a no, better bow, and you I... should put it on Child. No, Child has his bow. Yeah, but that Yari yes. has Yalons bow. Oh no, the silence. I'm scared. Yeah. Was that, was that the... <laughs> I'm like, I'm trying to think of like, would that actually be good on him, or is that, or is there something better that we could get him for you? No, never mind. Continue. He's living his best life. Way. The Calamity Queller, a few interesting notes about it is that A, it's made of materials that aren't of this world, just like the Cinnabar Spindle. Interesting. Why are all these, like, random... I'm, I'm sorry, not... Well, not like the Cinnabar Spindle, but also like the Cinnabar Spindle, but like Hu Tao's weapon, which is also made of Cinnabar, apparently. It's very confusing. Lots of not-of-this-world weapons. But it's interesting because the Calamity Queller, basically a person whose job was to exercise evil many, many moons ago, found this crazy stone that wasn't of this world, had these people who they call tribes people from the craggy mountains <laughs> make a weapon out of it. And this weapon was handed down to a lot of people who basically all died. Bad deaths. <laughs> And one of them, the last one to use it before we get, apparently get it in game, was a Yaksha who also died with it. So they're basically like the Calamity Queller went missing with the Yaksha that yielded it. And so that means that one of like the Yakshas was like a yielder of the Calamity Queller. And we know it's not Zhao because he's alive. Wait, but we do know which Yaksha it was because they said they went missing. And all the other ones other than Zhao is confirmed deceased. Now the one that went missing was at the bottom of the chasm, chasm. right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they do mention the chasm in the description of the Calamity Queller. That's where the person who was supposed to exercise evil found the stone that made the calamity queller so it's interesting no! it's like so it could have been bosatius's yeah bosatius and bo we know that the, so that could have been made out of whatever the sun chariot was yeah because of the right. craggy mountains yeah, which is why the, it's out of this world the mountain people came and took pieces of it when it fell out of the sky did we just crack a fucking genshin theory <laughs> i think that it's possible still i think they're there has to be some like threads that are closed up still yeah. because like we don't know for certain that it's the sun chariot because they found the stone in the chasm and then brought it to the, the craggy mountain people. 
but I definitely think it's a possibility for sure. I wonder what they mean yep. by Craggy Mountain because the only time I've ever heard about Craggy Mountains is in reference to Scotland. I mean, maybe it's not even uh, of this world either. Who what knows? Is- I mean, maybe. I mean, the chasm area is like a craggy mountainous area. Yeah, I was just trying to figure out what 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 is the definition of a craggy mountain. Like it's like it's the like smoky a mountain, mountain that sort of juts out sharply and is not smooth. Yeah, like, but that's jagged, all rocky. mountains. Isn't that all mountains? <laughs> I'd like to say I'm pretty craggy. <laughs> or is it craggy? I'm, I'm definitely craggy. Like a... <laughs> when I haven't had a snack in a long time, I get very oh, craggy. Super craggy. When you don't Especially have your diet, Dr. Pepper. Oh, yeah. I know. I'm thirsty. What does a and craggy mountain mean? I'm a. Uh, I'm gonna go there because whatever. As y'all know, I love Xingqiu and Shangyun. And Shenha assumes that Xingqiu is like always up to no good and like giving him dirty looks. I don't know. I think this is, I think there's something on the wiki that is throwing that off or something because Mm -hmm. when I looked into that, I think it, what, what it's referencing is that uh, Shenha is suspicious of the way that Xingqiu whispers things to the traveler. Yes. Yeah. That's her voice line about him. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that, like, and then Shing Shou's voice line you. about her is that she's always looking at me weird. Did I like <laughs> do something offensive to her or to someone that she knows or that she's close to? I think like I wasn't clear on if it was to the traveler or Shang Yu. I think it's to the traveler based off of Shenha's storyline, but I think for all the Shing Yun shippers out there, <laughs> it's about Shang Yu. <laughs> Because let's be real, Xingqiu is always like pranking Shang Yun and not doing the nicest things to him, giving him spices, making his yang energy spike. Mm-hmm. So I think for the shippers out there, they're like, oh, Xingqiu fucked up. Shang Yun's <laughs> auntie doesn't like him. But yeah. I do think based off her voice line, it's more about the the traveler. We sort of correct her within the voice line, right? She's like, what? Oh, it was it wasn't anything bad. Good. Doesn't I don't she say something like that today? Yeah, she's like, I don't need to murder it, murder anyone. Okay. She like starts to tie the ropes back on. <laughs> she was like, she's I like, almost oh, good, felt good. something for a second, but okay, I guess I won't kill him. <laughs> yeah, she says that's an inside die. joke. She goes, You mean it's just an inside joke between friends? Genuinely? She's very questionable about it. Yeah. And also Shen Ha is questionable about Zhang Li. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, he knows my master way too much. <laughs> How can he be human if he knows my master? So She's I, a smart cookie, that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would say don't give her some truth serum anytime soon. She might blabble a little too much. <laughs> I do think that's all the time that we have left for today. Thank you, travelers, for listening in to our episode about Shenha slash Shenha's booty today. If you liked what you heard in this episode or you want to let us know what you thought or tell us what topics you'd like to see in the future, please follow us on Instagram, Tales of Tabot Pod, or on Twitter, Tales of Tabot. You can also email us any of your thoughts, theories, or questions to Tales of Tabot Pod at gmail.com. Next week, we are going to be talking about the one and only Venti the Bar. Much better than Six Fingered Hose. <laughs> Until then, travelers, safe journeys. We'll see you next time. Bye, serial killer nerds. <laughs> <laughs> Murder.